Oh my God, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do. Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good day, good afternoon, good morning, good hi. <laughs> I don't know what I thought was coming. Good day. Good day. Um, hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? We're doing it in person this time. Yeah, you've come up with fucking sparkling form. I don't know what's happened. I'm like, who is she? I came to life. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I had a cup of tea. Yeah, normally I've just got you at the other end of like a Zoom thing and you're just like, you just look so Hi. sad. It's just every time Zoom starts, you're like, hi, oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hi. I'm bringing the energy today, I'm okay. Yeah, no, you're looking great. Hi. It's a vibe, hi, I like it. Let's ride the wave, let's go, let's go. Let's High energy, go. I'm ready. Tell me something great. I've got something great. Tell me something great, you tell me something great. You tell me first. No, you go first. No, you tell me first. No, you, get to, you, you tell me first. I, I want to ride this wave with your good energy. Let's go. Tell okay. me something great. My good is a result of you, actually. <gasps> you, I know. You encouraged me to take a break from social media and I have and I have had the best like five days <laughs> it's been so blissful I haven't posted the stories I posted like one thing and it's just felt really good and like the break I needed for sure like really nice I'm really proud of you yeah fucking stunning it's like it's so funny when you're like caught up in it you think you can't take a break and then when you do, you realise that you absolutely can. And now I'm like, I don't want to go back. Does anybody give a shit? Do you know what? I've ha I've had a lot of DMs saying like, are you okay? That's what I mean. Oh, right. Because yeah. it's always sad when you go, which happens to me quite a lot. Like, I'll go <laughs> no for a couple of days realizes. and no one notices. I'm like, oh. I mean, I haven't had that many are you okays, but like a couple, or like one girl was like, I, th I think you've blocked me from your stories because oh, I can't see them anymore. No. I was like, no, I haven't, I promise. I'm just taking me. a break. Yeah, and it's just, I just, I don't know when I'm coming back and I, it feels quite nice. I, I can't know. believe you've taken my advice. Yeah. Like probably. I'm actually so shocked yeah. that you did it. Yeah. And I've kept checking, kept been like wondering what Al's up to. <laughs> Although you never know what you're up to because you go onto your page thinking that you're gonna, like most people, if you go and look at somebody's stories, it's like what they're doing. Mm. Like, oh, they're in the park or like, oh, they're here. Yeah. Whereas with Al, you've got nothing. And then on a Sunday night, it's like, let me catch you up on the last 48 hours in excruciating detail. <laughs> and then you get the whole shebang. But I waited and I just didn't know what it have you done this there. weekend? Who fucking knows? Who oh my God, do I go knows? into too much detail? No, Al. But that's our job. The virtue okay. of our job is we always know what we're doing. Like, the what did I do this weekend? Everybody knows. Had a nut roast last night. Yeah. Because I put up my fucking stories because I had nothing else to say. You're good at, like, putting stories up as you go along. Whereas I kind of struggle with that. <sighs> but sometimes know. you realise how boring your life is. Like, literally this weekend, I went for two dog walks and ate a nut roast. The nut roast did look really nice, I watched actually. the Elvis film. Oh, was it good? Yeah. Did you it. go to the cinema? No. So yeah. it's out on... Tell you what, Sky, a bit cheeky. Sky yeah. let me download it, rent it, fifteen pounds to rent it. But I was like, you know what? That's what I'd be paying for one ticket in the cinema, and this yeah. way we can both watch it. Rented it, and then the TV was like, the Skybox was like, sorry, your TV's not good enough. You can't watch it. And I was like, you let me pay for it, knowing full well that I had a shit TV. Yeah, so absolute how did, bastards. So how did you watch it? I had to rent it again on Amazon because they didn't care that I had a shit TV. And then I tried to get a refund from Sky. Yeah, you could get a re refund. That's fifteen really pounds. 15 pounds. To, that's how boring my weekend was that this is sort of like, I've, <laughs> I've come in like just gigging off. What's what's your good? My good, well, we're, we're pre-recording this a little bit earlier than normal because it's a bit of a mad one. So sorry if this is dated news, but my news, my good news is cultural, current affairs. It's a pop culture podcast. I don't know if you've noticed what category it's under, but um, 
Andrew Tate's been banned from Instagram and Facebook, from meta platforms. And I have a lot of opinions on this. Mm. My good is also my bad. Like, well, I wanted to do a whole episode about Andrew Tate, but we haven't really worked out like quite how to do it yet. So it's not this week's, which it was going to be, but I still have all my thoughts. And while the iron's hot, I'm gonna say them. So good that he's been banned. If you don't know who Andrew Tate is, genuinely congratulations. Um, yeah. But he had, he's a, k- a kickboxer. He was on Big Brother in like 2006 or something. Was he? Yeah, I but he was kicked that. off after a video emerged of him, uh, trigger warning uh, for the next 15 seconds, of him beating his girlfriend and saying, if you didn't behave like that, then I wouldn't have to do this. Um, and- Top guy. Yeah, he's been, arrested and accused of sexual uh, human trafficking cases. He's moved to Romania and said numerous times in interviews that he's done that because the laws around like sexual assault are very different. He runs something called Hustlers University, which is literally a pyramid scheme, right? It's an MLM. So he starts at the top and he's like, gets people to join the program and, or, he did get people to join the program because it's the other part of my good is that it's currently been shut down according to the guardian so i don't know what where we'll be at by the time this comes out but um he basically have it where you've got members could join so you'd he'd start you you'd join it and if if i was a member and i got alex and daisy to sign up i would get 50 percent of their referral fees and the way that people are signing up getting people to sign up is literally taking his most inflammatory clips on social media and then putting them on their own social media. So they'll take podcast things. So very often he'll say some relatively reasonable things within an interview, but then at one point he will also say, if you want a woman, you've got to, again, sorry, trigger warning for the next 15 to 30 seconds. You've got to grab her by the neck, you choke her, slap her, fuck her, whatever. And he's like, explains like how to get girls, but it's always in the context of violence. He believes that women are owned by men. He's like that, that clip's gone round of him saying that he believes his sister belongs to her husband. Like, so these clips go round, right? So I've actually, my good and my bad is just like a commentary on this because it was announced Friday gone by, so like 10 days ago that he was removed by Facebook. And I put up a video explaining why this isn't a freedom of speech issue because it was the same thing when Donald Trump got removed from social media. Everybody says, oh, you can't, um, you can't do this. It's like the curbing of freedom of speech, we should be very scared. But I don't believe that to be the case. And I basically made this video saying freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequences, first of all, but mostly we've never had freedom of speech on social media and we they've never claimed to give it to us. They've yeah. always had community guidelines, policies, whatever. Yeah. And I, my account has broken community guidelines numerous times, mm. in my opinion, completely unfairly. Yeah. Like I've been shadow banned, which they claim isn't a thing, but it's totally a thing for, um sexual solicitation when i've literally done like nothing like britney spears is naked on instagram the playboy account has got bare asses everywhere kendall jenner's put up like nude images and i've had my account removed like it's targeted shit like i don't care what they say and they say it's due to the amount of times i'm reported but i don't believe that i've been reported more than britney spears or andrew tate but anyway that's a conversation for another day the point is They've been policing certain people and certain groups for a very long time. So it was really fucking stinky that we were being policed, that women were being policed, done for bullying. Like, la la la, let me explain, got done for saying that men are trash. Like they nearly took her account away over that. It's insane. Insane. So they were like fully targeting like feminist accounts 
whilst letting the platforms sharing Andrew Tate propaganda got bigger and bigger. So the point of my video was to say, this isn't a freedom of speech thing. We've never had freedom of speech. If they're going to police us, they have to police him. And that's a good step. TikTok obviously haven't taken it. And that's what really scares me. Sorry, I've really gone on a thing about Andrew Tate here. But I think good that, that finally people are sitting up and paying attention. But bad, my bad for the week is the response that I've had has been really sad. Like I've had some men, some women defending him being like, oh, well, everything you've said is like allegations and it's all from clips. And I think a lot of people are saying this, like, if you actually listen to what he says, he's not that bad. It's just the clips that are really bad. And it's like, don't scramble so hard to defend this guy because I actually don't give a shit about Andrew Tate at all. What I care about is the clips because the clips are the dangerous thing because that's the propaganda that's going out and getting into like earworms into like young boys at school yeah. and like all over the place teachers in America and the and the UK are saying that they're noticing a huge rise in misogyny. Female teachers aren't being respected. Like I've heard from so many teachers in my DMs saying that they're really struggling with their, the, their kids treating them badly because of what they've seen. Like my friend had to have a conversation with her stepson because she, he started like idolizing Andrew Tate. Oh. Like it's been really scary. And then some of the comments I had on the video were like killing me from like teenage boys. Like Andrew Tate's taught us how to be a real man. Like he's given us the confidence. Like we've had, we've had no role models and finally we have a king. And it's oh like, fucking, like, if you're not scared, then you're not paying attention. But that's the scary thing is the amount of followers and the huge, I mean, he has been taken off TikTok, you know. No, has he? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty the, so sure. The thing that's good is like, yeah, okay, he goes. Deplatformed. But, but the it, videos keep circulating. Right. Circulation. And the amount, of, like, he had millions of followers. 4.2 like million yeah, on Instagram. Tons of, t millions of followers. And that is so scary because that's indicative of an appetite for his views. Well, that's it. That's what Matt, Matt, I can't remember his surname because it's confusing because it's XIV. Oh, yeah. Ziv. Oh, I thought it was always Vix. Is it no, not? no, no, no. Oh, me too. the other way around. Yeah, which has thrown me for a loop. Anyway, their Instagram is amazing. Mm. Um, and I've learned notes, but they put up a post saying like the thing that basically like Andrew Tate is a symptom of a problem. Totally. And we need to be much more concerned, like rather than being concerned about this one specific symptom, we need to be concerned about the world that we've created where men are so scared of their own mental health that it's there's just this much anger. And like, I know and we touched on it last week. No outlet to process their emotions. Have feelings. Or to, have, to literally have feelings. You know, Andrew yeah. Tate puts up things saying like he won't, fraternize with anybody that drinks that can't, that doesn't like sparkling water because if you can't handle the bubbles then you're a pussy and it's like lol but also like genuinely what what is that teaching people like men yeah that they have it's, to like yeah. suffer sparkling water is incredibly stressful like if you're a man listening to this and you struggle <laughs> with bubbling water, you're not a pussy. You're you're a human. You it's, just don't like sparkling water. It tastes like TV static. It's weird. It's horrible. It's, I just it's an don't. assault on the senses. It's just a lot. And it's like I like it when it's flavoured, like dash water. Love that. Same. But when it's just water that's bubbly, it just doesn't make sense. No. It's very overwhelming. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just I think yeah. And then some people said to me as well, like, oh, you shouldn't be drawing attention to him. Like you should, you know 
he likes it. He likes people saying his name. I don't give a fuck what he likes. Who cares? Parents yeah. need to know what their kids are looking at. Yeah. Like, and I really feel strongly, we are in such a weird situation now where for the first time, parents are living in a world that their kids, well, kids are living in a world that their parents do not know and have yeah. not visited. Yeah. And it's like, that's mad. Like I that's know. absolutely crazy where kids are doing things and they are way more competent at tech and at this uh, navigating an entire world than their parents are. And parents just turning a blind eye and going, hee hee hee, like they're just learning funny dances. They are not. Like they are literally yeah. being like indoctrinated into hate and you've got to pay attention to what they're doing. Young siblings, cousins, whatever. And like, thank thank God Instagram and TikTok have done something and removed him, but it's it's scary as well the other side of that like him going underground and yeah what that means for a more does that like allow for more radicalization i don't know it's just scary but yeah that's true as well yeah because a lot of people said oh it's better he's in plain sight but i'm like i don't think so because yeah it's terrifying to think what he could be doing on the dark web but it's like we can't get to a place where we're mainstreaming that level of misogyny. Exactly, and 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 he, he's doing it in plain sight, but that also means he will be doing some of it underground as well. So yeah. it's, but yeah, I don't think, oh, there's obviously like no right answer apart from like put him in prison. Yeah, and look at the world that we've created that that a man like that can rise to fame. Such prominence yeah. for having these shocking, yeah. really. Because most people, you think like, eat like, I think we've talked about him a lot, but like my brother's like, this guy's a fucking weirdo. Like this guy, this guy sucks. Like he, he just sucks. And it's like, in my head, I'm like, well, that's what men think. You know, the men that I know think he's a fucking Fruit Loop. But then yeah. th somehow there are these other millions of men. And a lot of them came up in my comment section, you know, like, and with their kids in their profile pictures. I just took a look on TikTok now. I just typed in Andrew Tate because I wanted to see if he had actually gone. And literally everything that comes up is like free the king, free Tate, male empowerment. Yeah, there's, there's so just there is a lot of support for him. It's, it's, so it's really scary. scary. Anyway. Nuts. So that's my good and my bad. That's your good and your bad. Okay. <laughs> it's been a lot. My bad on a much less serious note is that I decided to cut my hair again. Because the fringe I got last time wasn't a proper fringe. It was like a grown up fringe, gringe, or a maxi fringe, minge, whichever you want to call it. But <laughs> I decided it wasn't short enough and I wanted to go for it properly. So me and my mum kind of hacked away with kitchen scissors. And it is so short. Like I said to my mum specifically, and my mum has history with this. Like she's done this a lot before she's cut her hair with disastrous consequences. Some of them- This is your fault. I am not gonna listen to you blame your mum. Oh my God, it's totally my okay. fault. But she hammered me down. Justice for Norma. So much that I was like, do you know what, fucking let's just cut my hair. So we did and it's so short. My fringe is like well above the eye. Wasn't supposed to be like that. Right, well I'm confused because and when you sat down at, dinner, at breakfast this morning, I said, your hair looks so good. I think it is really it's nice. It's just not what I was expecting. Also sat down for dinner yesterday with Dave and he's like, I didn't tell him because I knew that he'd be like, why the fuck would you let your mum cut your hair? You know that that doesn't go well because it never does for any of us or on boyfriends she's tried uh, as well with, yeah, terrible consequences. Anyway, I sat down for dinner and he was like, have you done something to your hair? And I was like, maybe why? And he was like, it's shorter, isn't it? Yeah. And he said, quote unquote, I much preferred it when it was longer. I can't believe he said that.
I was like, I can't believe you've said that. And then he started to backtrack. And he's like, no, no, it looks really great now. It's just that I really liked him. And I was like, no, 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 you said what you said. And I know that's what you meant, you lied. And I was, I was like, how rude. I was like, I, like, why say that to someone who, they can't just go and get the hair back. I can't just go and clip it back on. It's gone. I've got this tiny little tuft of a fringe. <laughs> you can't then just say like, no, oh, I liked it when I was longer. Great, give me three months and then maybe you'll like it again. Prick. But you don't like it. Prick. No, I but I didn't express that to him. So he had no right. No right. But maybe he thought you liked it and then his opinion didn't matter. You know, you can see, I watched him say it and then be like, literally, he like started to, at the end of it, he was like, when it was longer. And I was like, yeah, he fucking burnt Peter out, you prick. So, so I have some thoughts on your hair. I think it looks really nice. I'm fragile, please please just be nice. I think it looks really nice <laughs> because we both, Daisy and I both said when you sat down, your hair looks really yeah, nice. Yeah, thank God you did because I was feeling so horrible about it. So that was nice. The longer I look at it, oh, I can no. see the two fringes. I can see the fringe and the minge as two separate things. The fringe does not meet the minge. The fringe does not meet the minge. No. There is a definite, there's a definite sort of, should have been graded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no faded. There's no like, hey, nice to meet you. It's just like a fringe minge. Fringe minge. Yeah. yeah. There was no foreplay there. Like no one's eased it in. Yeah. So I do. I can see. So sorry. I don't think it's gonna take much. Do you not think? No. I think you're gonna need a couple of weeks. Maybe a hairdresser's. Yeah. I think you might need a hairdresser. But yeah. literally just to go into the minge a tiny bit and just take <laughs> half an inch off the front minge so that it's more like a gentle slope. Yeah, there, there you go, a gentle slope. You yeah. Say, I thought you were going to say, I'm not touching the tuft. No, fuck, no, you, you've got no more to take off they that. They are short no, but They look lovely. Jesus. I think it makes it look younger. I think you look, I think you look very pretty. Thank I you. just think you just need a bit hacked just, into the minge. Yeah, I just need it. Just needs a bit of work. I'm gonna see if my little sister will let me share a picture of her. When my, we, she was going to LA, and my mum was like, "Come here, I'm gonna cut your hair, right?" And my sisters have so much hair, which is unbelievable. Looking at me, but they've got so much hair, like absolute manes. And she, my mum cut the twins. it. The twins. Yeah. And she cut it. I don't know how to explain it, but basically the fringe lasted to like the almost at the end of the side of her hair. Like it went all the way around. Cause I think mum was just like, I'm into this. I don't know where to stop. So she just carried on and on and on. I think hairdressers should do a psych evaluation before you're allowed to get a fringe cut. I think you should go in really? on the Monday. If you're gonna have a fringe cut, like you've got an appointment on Wednesday. If you want the fringe, you've got to go in on Monday and say, I really want the fringe. And they say, okay, if you still feel like this on Wednesday, no, fuck it, a week before. And if you still feel it, you still feel like that, then they're fine, they'll cut the fringe. But you need not to be drunk, not to be heartbroken, and just sound pretty <laughs> rational. Because I have had two fringes cut in my life, and both times I completely shouldn't have been allowed. I was not in the right frame of mind. One of them I got done on my sister's, my sister had an amazing fringe. Like, it, Did she? Yeah, but it was upkeep, man. She's got curly hair, like we both have like just you know, unruly hair. Yeah. And she, fuck, she worked at it. It looked so good. Yeah. But we never talked about how hard she had to work at it. I just saw how good it looked. And on her 18th birthday, we went in for a haircut together. And I was like, fuck it. I'll get a fringe. Got a fringe. Not only was she devastated, because the fringe was her thing, which didn't occur to me, but fair enough, actually. But it was the worst thing that I've ever had because I went to her 18th birthday party that night, sweated, it went curly. I looked like a fucking idiot. And I never wore my fringe down, not once. I had a headband on for about a year and a half. 
It was so stupid. Oh, and then before God. that, I got one done when I was 12 by my mum's hairdresser called Heather. And I, I, don't, I don't think she was an actually... I, looking at what she did, I don't understand how she had a salon and scissors like legally. But she mm -hmm. cut my fringe and it was so bad. And I remember going to the hairdresser's afterwards and she was like, you've got a cow slick, who cut you a fringe? Oh. I was like, it was my mum's hairdresser called Heather. And, I, and she was like, well, you never should have had that. Oh, I know. And I hated it. So why did I go back <laughs> at 18 still, got a cow slick and tried to do it again? Mm -hmm. like, I wasn't 18, I'm five years old in the country. I was 23. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was so stupid. You shouldn't be allowed to cut people's fringes and like <laughs> never on a rash decision. Both times I was like, fuck it, let's have a fringe. Well, not I know. fuck it, I was 12. Fuck it, let's have a fringe. I know. No. No. Just don't do it. Come back in seven days. And if you still yeah. feel this way, we'll talk yeah. about the fringe. What's your awkward? It literally just happened outside and I'm actually really delighted that none of you noticed. Um, oh, no. But it's just like, it actually speaks to like who I am as a person. And I realize these awkward things happen. It means that something will happen. This will happen once or twice or maybe three times a day. Yeah. Um, so you know that it's like super bad luck to walk on three manhole covers. Yeah, I saw pavement. you do that, avoid that. Yeah, so you can't walk on, not only do, can you not walk on three, it's good luck to walk on two. Wait, can I just, can I guess you're awkward? Yeah. Because I looked back and I was like, that's only a two grid. And I went to specifically to walk on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two's a good luck. Oh no, I thought you avoided it. No, I avoid the threes and I step on the twos. But the one you avoided, I swear it was a two, no? Why would I avoid, no, I went out of my way to step on a two and as I got there, I realized that I basically walked into the way of the nice elderly man who just, so <laughs> I was walking directly behind you two. You were in the middle of the street, selfish bitches, okay? You <laughs> moved to the right, the two of you. This yeah. elderly man moved to his right, my left. Yeah. I didn't care what you two were doing because I saw good luck on the street and I was like, gotta go. I need good energy. Sounds like you're the selfish bitch then. So okay. I went, <laughs> like you can't help, you've got to follow the chakras or whatever, okay? So I was, just, I was led by a higher power to the two manholes and I went over there on the left and I stepped, but it literally looked like to this old man who was already confused probably by you two because you're minge and <laughs> he was probably got thrown off by your minge. No, I don't know. He was just a bit, you know, it, anyway, he just stepped on the left. I, I literally must have looked like I just stepped into his path way but I was like I've committed now and I want to step on both of them because I only stepped on the first one so I kept going towards him in his like very much towards him so I literally dodged him by like like I was like hop skip dive. like yeah, yeah to the left dunk dunk want like hopscotch forwards oh. and then slid back out to the right again and he was literally looked at me like what the fuck just happened why have you darted onto my path in front of me and then last minute taken a right hand turn to get away I just, I always will go out of my way to step, step on, on two. two or not step on three. Yeah. And I will 100% be inconveniencing people left, right and centre with that. Because it is, yeah, it is inconvenient, especially on London roads. Yeah, it's so inconvenient. And I've got Busy Boa. She can't step on three either because I don't oh, want her God, having so her. bad luck and I need her to step on too because I want her to have good luck. So I get Booth's got to come with me. Alex doesn't seem to care. He, he's just so cavalier with it. He's all such big feet. He's like, oh, I won't step on three. And then he doesn't really look where he's going and he'll put his foot on one. And I'm like, well, we have to do something to counterbalance this now because you've just stepped on a three manhole cover. And he's like, well, not really. I only just stepped on the corner. I was like, N -n 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 it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, the gods aren't listening to you. You just stepped on the corner. What they're seeing is a blatant mm. disregard for the superstitions that dictate this world. And they're going to smite you. So now we have to fix this for the good of the family. So so we got good luck today. Is that right? Well, I did. You guys didn't do it. Okay, <laughs> <fine. laughs> I'm going to have a great day. I don't know about you. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did inconvenience that old man. My 
awkward is that I went to the cinema yesterday with my mum. I was really excited. We're going to see Fisherman Friends, which is actually really good. It's a sequel. And the pr the first one was so good. Really good film. I was really looking forward to it. Sat down. We went to we went to that really bougie cinema, you know, the Everyman, where they give you like sofas. Like they it's give like a you proper seat. You walk you in on. and they're just like, put your arms out. Two or three seater. No, you sit on sofas on there. It's so comfy. Anyway, I was really looking forward to it. I bought popcorn. Love it. Love having What's popcorn at cinema. Sweet, salty combination. Combination, obviously. obviously. And you know, tickets are expensive, especially to that cinema. Very, yeah. very fucking expensive. Not like the good old days of the Odeon, your local Odeon, we'd be like four quid at push. Can, do you remember? You know, the yeah. snacks now cost more than the tickets. Oh yeah, it's, it's obscene. ridiculous. Actually and the tickets obscene. are still like, 20, it's like 28 pounds for like so, two adults to go so to. So expensive. Why has this come up so many times today? I've already complained about the price of the Elvis thing. Yeah, so expensive. Yeah. So I got there, sat down with my big bucket of popcorn, it, start, it started playing, they were singing a song, start playing and I was like, oh my God, I'm so looking forward to this and I'm so looking forward to my popcorn. Anyway, next thing I knew, mum was like tapping me and I, and I was like, fuck what? And I woke up and the credits were rolling and I'd missed the entire film. I'd fallen fast asleep and I hadn't, st hadn't stood at any one point. I didn't even know I was asleep. I was just completely gone. My popcorn had been uneaten. It was still sad. Did you take it home there. with you? I obviously did. Yeah, I took it home with me and had it in the car. Nice. I was like, anyway, so yeah. That, was that is actually a bit devastating. I was like, that's the most expensive sleep the I've ever had. The most expensive sleep you've <laughs> ever had. Actually, that's not true because obviously you pay for a hotel so you can sleep, right? So, but a most expensive you nap. You flights. Yeah, that's a very most expensive, expensive nap, nap I've ever taken. That's huge. Also, I was genuinely looking forward to the film. It's, it's such a good premise. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Sat down, I was so excited to watch the film. And then I know. It's the whole thing. Gone. So. That's devastating. So, today's guest. I almost need to share the texts that you sent me about this interview, about okay, this interview being on, locked then. in. Because okay. I was just minding my business. And I think I said it in last week's episode. I was like, you know, one of the things I admire and find quite frustrating about Alex is like her, like just when she's working, it's like the hardest working person you've ever met in your whole entire life. And, but it's at like really sporadic time. So sometimes it's like at a reasonable time, like a Monday afternoon. And then sometimes it's like a Sunday at like 7 a.m. It's okay, just like, I have Hi. to point out that earlier on, on that weekend day, you messaged me about a guest. So I did, yeah. Look, Alex, there's one thing we much. know about me. Okay. It's that I'm a total hypocrite. Yeah, but it's so alarming, right? When you're just minding your own business and you're an anxious person with me anyway, and you just get a screen grab with the word, the letters OMFG in capitals. <laughs> and then the emoji of the blue forehead with the yellow bottom half and the mouth open and the hands on either side of the cheeks going <gasps> And I literally was like, who the fuck has died? And then I just get ducking hell from you. And then you go, I feel sick with excitement, capital. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> it was like bloody hell. To be fair, it was a lot for a Saturday. It was huge, um, yeah, to be fair. But I shared an America's Next Top Model clip and it was with, it was with um, a woman called Kenya Hill. I don't know if you guys remember her, she was from Cycle 4. Cycle, because they remember they called them cycles, not seasons. And she basically had had the piss taken out of her throughout the season for like putting on weight and being bigger than the other girls. I have to say, I can't see that she was bigger than the other girls, but there we go. Um, and she did a 
a shoot they were all dressing up as animals and they obviously they put her as the elephant and she had a slightly visible stomach like again i can't see that but her stomach wasn't concave essentially and tyra said to her it's all about choices kenya like take the half off your burger have a eat a burger and take the bun off like it's about the choices like i just have to you just have to make it work anyway i shared this clip and then kenya herself actually dm me i shout myself as was illustrated in the by my text to M, shout myself. Um, and I was like, please come on the podcast to talk about this. Um, so she agreed. She agreed and miraculously. Um, and I did some very flustered arranging of like, M, can you do this time on Tuesday? <laughs> Let's make it work. Let's make it work. So here's Kenya. And we're excited to talk to her about her, about body image and the effect that being on America's Next Top Model had on body image with for not just her, but all of the other contestants as well, because as we know, it was a really, really toxic show um, that did have a lot of negative ramifications. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting interview and we're excited to hear what you all think about it. Uh, Here's Kenya Hill, enjoy. Hi, hi Kenya. It's so surreal to see you here and be talking to you because I remember you so clearly from America's Next Time Model. And I just have to say to everyone listening, and you will see the video as well, but Kenya is so fucking stunning. <laughs> Literally, you came on the Zoom call and I was like, I should have made more effort. I feel like a bag of sh- I feel like a bag of shit. So- oh, I agree. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But thank you so much. At least we've let ourselves down. Like we've let like England down. Like when we logged <laughs> on the Zoom, I was like, feel any better i have been up for five hours doing hair and makeup if that makes you feel any better it really actually does you look amazing yeah it's been one hour it takes me a good hour to like take my time apply a little lash that's what's going on here but i appreciate that thank you gorgeous <laughs> So, Kenya, you and I connected actually just this weekend gone um, when I shared a viral tweet and the viral tweet read, were you a child in the early 2000s listening to Tyra Banks call women who were five foot ten and 115 pounds plus size? If so, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Made me laugh a lot, but also rang so fucking true because I remember the sh- I obsessed over the show. I watched every single episode and there was so much fat shaming. Not that I knew what that was at the time. Like that just felt very normal. But what I did remember is I remembered your bit when you were dressed as the elephant and then you had a tummy and I'm putting that in air quotes um and when I was thinking about what I wanted to put behind the tweet I was like that that moment because it was just so shocking to me anyway that that was that was you that was you who was being like body shamed and fat shamed in that and then you got in touch with me after seeing the post and as we just discussed before we came on I literally shat myself <laughs> and I was like M, oh my fucking god you won't believe it you won't believe and you know what? I'm used to these messages from Alex that come at like like incredible and we send them to each other I'm just as guilty like so intense such veracity no concept for the other's time no or boundaries what we could be doing or the fact we could be giving each other a heart attack when she does it she and she just it was like capital letters like lmfg i am going to die and i was like this could be so good or it could be so bad and i'm always so scared to open the messages in case because i'm like i just don't know what i'm gonna get but this is the best yeah 
It was it was exciting. So you were a contestant, obviously, on America's Next Top Model in two thousand and five. Yes, is that right? And on cycle four. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was nineteen. I left college. Like I, I had a full scholarship. I'm a complete nerd. So um, I was in school. I wanted to be a doctor, and um, so I was made ma- a major in biology. And I just had this huge, huge passion to like be on the runway. I was actually made fun of really badly in junior high and partly into high school before I, because I was a late bloomer. Um, And so when I had the opportunity to go on top model, I just, I left everything and did the show. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. It was such a big deal as well, that show though, wasn't it? I mean, it was a huge deal in the UK as well. So I imagine it was just like, like phenomenal over there like everyone was obsessed it was actually just starting to become a thing when i did it i mean we were one of the very first like competition reality shows ever the only other shows at the time that i remember were like the real world and um maybe big brother or something like that but we were like one of the first like competition shows it was like really really unique at the time um, yeah. And then the producers were like, you guys are going to be famous. This is like a huge thing. And we're like, yeah, right. But I personally did the show to compete. I am very, very competitive. I just thought I can do this. I had no idea that it was going to uh, be people all over the world watching. Like I had no idea. <laughs> had you watched the seasons gone by, like the seasons before? I did. And it was crazy because I was I was a freshman in college and I would watch it. And I used to get goosebumps when the show, do you remember like want to be on top? That whole like (laughs) drama behind her like theme song. Um, And I used to just get goosebumps and I used to tell myself like, I want to do this. Like, I really think that I, I would do this, but I wanted to do it to compete, not necessarily to be on TV. I wanted to, to get on and because I felt like I understood modeling so much. Had you modeled? beforehand I had done a couple of like local runway shows <laughs> and by local I mean like bikini shows at a club <laughs> like a nightclub yeah. where a designer is like doing something um and so yeah extremely local um but not anything like really legitimate okay okay so your ex- expectations of America's Next Top Model and going into it and the reality of America's Next Top Model, were those two things very different? You know, I nobody's ever asked me that question before. That's such a good question. Um, it's also a big question. Yeah, big, big, big question. question. Straight in. Because I was, I had never done anything on TV before. So I didn't know, I really didn't know what to expect i just was so excited to be there and i was really grateful for the experience so i had like a blast some of the girls a lot of women actually who've gone on the show have had a a different experience but for me i was just happy to be there i'm just like one of those kind of uh, people so the only things that were really different were like when Tyra would actually pop up and surprise us um, or the fact that panel was, you know, like the elimination was like actually a room in the house, in the same house. I always thought that that was like 
a location that we drive to that's like separate and it's like this whole thing like no it's behind the kitchen and so it was like there were certain like things like that that were very different um of course like there being a huge camera crew always around like it's the same a number of people on the camera crew as girls there are in the house so you don't see that when you show and so your mic we're mic'd up 24 7 yeah so there were of course little things that were a surprise but by the second or third elimination my head was in the game i was like like no i have to win this i have to How did you like end up applying for it? Did you do it like on your own or did you like tell people that you were going to do it? Because I wonder like so many people must have applied. So many people, tens and thousands of girls auditioned for my cycle. And I was living in LA, which like every girl in LA thinks she's a model. And so there were just like tons of girls, but I actually sent in a an audition tape first. And this was literally a VHS like I'm telling my age now, uh, VHS thing that I had to like borrow from like the editing filming thing on campus, um, the editing room or whatnot. And so I had to film my runway walk and send them a few photos. And I did not make that, did not make the first time I auditioned at all. And then, um, that same summer, they said they were doing a live audition and if you think you have what it takes to be America's Next Top Model, come into the live audition. And it was like an, an entire day of an experience. It was crazy. But I definitely, I felt like I got a look from one of the main casting directors at the very end. She just gave me this look as though I made it. She she just, Michelle Mock, she was one of the main um, casting directors. She gave me a little look of approval. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. The process was crazy in general. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to know the impact that going on the show had on your body image, because I imagine going into it, you didn't expect half of the things that came out of it in the way of you being body shamed. Cause there was quite a lot. There was a lot and and it was it felt very targeted towards you in your cycle it was like the the whole thing was that you were like gaining all this weight and I do have to say like I can't I still looking back cannot see any weight that was actually anywhere on you but the whole like storyline was you're gaining this weight and like the it, they would show you it felt like they would show you eating rather than any of the other contestants and then they dressed you up as the elephants you know they said like everyone you know I've I can't remember who it was that one of the judges that said I've picked an animal that represents you know all of you and and you were the elephant and then they had to like photoshop your stomach and it was intense right well it wasn't even just that um before we went to Africa they had uh given us the seven deadly sins and they gave me gluttony right by the time we did get to Africa Um, I believe this was after the elephant shoot. We had to do a, like a caress scene. And they knew at that point that my storyline had become my weight. So they intentionally, I remember the stylist saying, no, we have to like show her stomach. We have to roll up her shirt. We have to give her some kind of crop situation to show where she has gained weight. 
Um, and so just to like back it up a little bit, you know, I am literally five foot 11. And at the time probably did weigh around 120 or so. Before going on America's Next Top Model, I was actually made fun of for being so slim. Right. And for not being curvy, not having boobs, not having a booty. So I felt like, okay, modeling is going to be the one place where I am accepted for being like tall and slim. And so at my age, at that time, my metabolism, I was able to kind of eat whatever I wanted. And I guess just due to the stress of the show or whatnot, I did gain probably like two pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. It's two pounds. Yeah. It's nothing. Right. Two or three pounds. And so I typically gain weight like in my tummy area. So it's just not going to be as tight. You know what I mean? But at that point, I'm only 19 and I am stress eating. And also I just like to eat in general. Like I like food. How dare you? (laughs) How how could you want to eat? And I just feel like um, I felt like at the time now I'm not skinny enough. When I watch the show now, because I've I've rewatched an episode about this um, a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, doing something with a YouTuber, and um, I was so skinny still. I was so, so, so slim. And like when I was in the competition, it really didn't bother me as much, but it was going home and watching them edit this storyline and this narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah and see how people are now reacting and responding to me. Um, For a long time, it made me a little bit self-conscious about eating in public or eating if I know that fans of the show are around and have seen it and like, oh, well, yeah, there she is. There she, she's eating, (laughs) you know? Um, And then also to, you know, come out of the industry and feel as though, it, it, it was kind of true because in New York, because I right after the show, I just moved to New York and just started modeling right away. Um, a lot of the agencies were like, you need to lose more weight. And I was already so slim because trust me, after we filmed the show and I knew that it was going to air, I went and got a personal trainer and did nothing but cardio, like hours of cardio, barely did any, you know, muscle training training, which is like what I'm all about now. Um, so I was already super slim and for agencies to say, Oh, well you should totally just eat Caesar salads and have your, your, your dressing on the side. And just that breakfast, lunch, and dinner just have Caesar salads. Like literally an agent told me that I'm not going to say the name of the agency or anything, but it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. Um, And for a long time after moving to New York, I just was trying to be as slim as possible. And it didn't help that I was in the house with, I was in a model house with um, all of these other models who were like 16. So they were naturally just a zero they were all so much slimmer than i naturally was at 19 and at 19 i was Mm. still very slim you know what i mean and yeah i was in a house with other runway models as well so everyone was above five foot nine um and so then i finally you know started to develop 
because my mom has always been in the gym. My mom is like in great shape and I've just always been in the gym. It just kind of my aim, my target and my goal kind of changed after America's next time Model to just being really slim. And now, you know, I'm 36 now and I have such a healthier um, relationship with the gym with food, with balance for myself. And it has taken a lot of uh, work on myself. You know, I have my own post-coaching business now called Find Your Light, where I teach aspiring models everything they need to know in order to get signed by a modeling agency. I show them how to pose and all of that. But more importantly, I'm here for them as a mentor so that they can have really true confidence and have a really thick skin for the modeling industry because my intention was for them to have a tough skin for the industry. But now in general, you just have to have a tough skin because of just social media. It's so true. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. Were you aware of the um, narrative that they were creating? You said like you were kind of more aware of it when you got home and you watched it back that they were like basically making, creating this storyline for you that was so focused around food and weight gain. Did you feel it like when you were in there or was it just, were you just sort of busy like competing? Yeah, when they gave me gluttony, I couldn't tell. I just thought, okay, well, they have seven sins and whatever. But by the time they gave me the elephant, I was like, out of all the elephants in the world, you're going to give me like the largest one. I also at 19, um, I just was not in the mind space to say to them or say in a confessional, like you guys are giving me this narrative and like, I'm still, I am still slim. And that's also why these people cast teenagers, people who maybe don't have like the life experience to speak up for themselves or to understand what's really going on. It also didn't feel, I don't know if this is fair to say, but it didn't feel like an environment that was conducive to the contestants being able to stand up for themselves or sort of speak their minds or advocate for themselves it felt very much like if you do that you're out like models are to be seen not heard and you don't cross this line it was i mean this is not really pertaining to body image at all but the episode the the caress episode where the dancer was dancing on me and was like sexually harassing me basically on set um long story short for people who hadn't seen that episode there was a, an African like model dancer who was hitting on me the entire time 
time I was in hair and makeup and saying he's going to come to America and find me. And he wanted to take me out and I just kept turning him down. You know, I'm like super focused at this point. And when we got on set, their job was to like dance around me and he got uncomfortably close and he had an erection and was like moaning and like, I felt like I was being molested in front of everybody, like in front of all of these people. It was horrible. And so I thought, let me stand up for myself. That was a moment where I was for sure, like I'm not going to allow yeah. this. Um, let me stand up for myself. And then I got bashed for that. They're like, oh, you're being a diva. You stopped the entire production. And I just was like, wow, I thought this was something that Tyra would do. I thought that this is commendable. Yeah. Be a commendable thing. That's crazy. That's gross. Anytime I have these conversations, I have like realizations about why I am the way that I am today had so much to do with that and why I'm so passionate about girls being confident in themselves and not comparing themselves so much because I had no idea that like, even in like the comments, there are so many girls that saw that these episodes and they thought, wow, if she is overweight and I must look like fucking horrible, you know? Yeah. And, (sighs) but also so painful for you. You went, you went from being what bullied for being too thin uh, yeah, I, I went from being, you know, too thin not, and not having enough ass <laughs> to now you're not slim enough, you know, and now with how with the Kardashians and everything, it's like you got to be super curvy and have a big juicy booty and like, you know, yeah. all of these things. Um, and I, I am, I absolutely love myself and my body now um I just really feel for um younger people I am so glad that there was no such thing as Instagram when I was in high school well you're only comparing yourselves to the other girls you find beautiful at your high school or in your neighborhood yeah imagine um, not imagine that's what's going on now now it's like you're in high school and you are comparing yourself or junior high school even comparing your beauty that hasn't even developed yet to the all the most beautiful people in the world and then it's not even real at that everyone's uh you know retouched and face tuned and like (laughs) filtered to death it's so interesting though like i think in so many ways it's horrendous now with the with social media is what it is for all the reasons that you've just said but I think something that's really interesting is like at two th- in 2005, like so many of us watched you being treated so badly and watched so many instances like that on TV where it's like where somebody, you know, will... The idea that you were plus... that were there, I think and it was one of the first times I'd even heard like plus size as a category and even then and I was literally... I, I'm, I'm young. I was 11 in 2005 and I will have watched that And it's like, there is so much of this that you internalize and without social media and without anybody telling you, you know, like Alex's account's so amazing. There are so many accounts like this, newspaper articles now that call this shit out. But you watched that as a kid and we did watch this stuff. Like I loved this stuff. And there's no one to tell you that this isn't right. It was just like, Tyra's rules are the rules and these are the rules. And and it was like, fuck. Like, and, and it was, it wasn't ever really for us watching. It wasn't even... 
about you or what you look like because all we could see was ourselves yeah. reflected back do you know what I mean and I think those are the comments that you're seeing now you know that we see now of people just saying that's what I felt like if if she's if she's too big then what yeah. what am I because like you say you were so slim and so in lots of ways it is horrendous but then look at what you're doing now look at pages like Alex's look at the way the conversation has changed look at like what Lizzo's doing like there is so much like magic and celebration of women in other shapes so maybe it's going to be better yeah I feel like 2000s were so brutal they were so brutal yeah mm-hmm. and it's and I, I feel like America's Next Top Model like influenced that for so 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 many girls because like you've both said like looking at and I remember Robin as well I don't know what I can't remember what cycle she was from but do you remember her Robin she was like plus size but Janice just continued to call her fat and disgusting and like get her off she shouldn't be here she's this she's that and this girl was so slim like so and slim she was beautiful she was beautiful like right I actually just recently saw a few clips of that and uh it's just and I think she was older I think she was able to to speak up for herself a little bit more yeah I I just can't I, I mean that like for us sort of like watching it and witnessing it it, it, it like helped along with a lot of other stuff kind of helped inform our beliefs around our bodies but I can't imagine for the girls on there like you and the other contestants I can't imagine how brutal that must have been and then how deeply that runs in in then how you how you come to see your body because it must have been for the other girls as well even for the girls that weren't mocked for their weight as you were they must have been like or like seeing how you were being treated and being like terrified that that was going to be you know that was going to happen to them as well and it must have just been yeah savage yeah I mean you would think that these people who are so much older than us, Tyra was so much older than all all of us, Janice, and, uh, Nigel, these people are full-on adults. <laughs> and you would think that they would maybe have been a little bit more careful with how we may psychologically be affected by things. Now, granted, the only benefit of the doubt I do give the show is that at that time the fashion world it was at a place of heroin chic like that like was the look still very much so the look to be super 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 skinny and i don't know if you if you guys have like ever seen a a runway model in person but it is a it is and this is obviously not to body shame anyone who is who is super duper slim but it is such a specific body type to aspire to have that so many of us naturally cannot get to in a healthy way. The only way to get there would be in an unhealthy way. Um, And so everything that the show was saying was backed up by the actual industry when I left and went to New York. So it's not like this show created some kind of exaggeration of what the industry would be it was pretty accurate it's pretty accurate doesn't mean that it was right because now look at all of these brands and companies um changing to body positivity accepting even lgbt um or androgynous um looking models and 
makeup companies wanting to include every shade now when there have been this myriad of shades forever. Um, it's like, okay, you guys, <laughs> yeah. welcome to the party. Like we've, we've all been here. Uh, yeah. You Always know, existed. like we all need this representation. So I'm glad that we're, things are finally, you know, moving along. Mar the beauty market is, is, is naturally just going to be something that women look to. Sorry to jump around, but just because you've been um, studying to like go and be a doctor and then you kind of like sucked it all and you're like, bye, I'm going to go be America's Next Top Model, which is so good. Like that is probably the bravest thing. Like I can't think of anything personally more terrifying than going to one of those auditions. Um, but that's by the way what when you came back and like when you said you were going what kind of happened to your personal life like with your family and your friends and stuff did they were they like super supportive and then when you came out were they still kind of your crew or did you have to just sort of like put everything on pause and just go and like model that's a good question so when i the, the reason why I even left school to audition or go on the show was because I always had this like passion to do runway. Always, always, always wanted to do that. Um, but I naturally did like school as well. But I figured I can always go back to school. Like this modeling career, from what I knew at the time that, you know, there's not much longevity in a modeling career. This is a time for me to go pursue my modeling dreams, see what happens. And if not, just go back to school. Like, I think my scholarship, I had a full scholarship. I had a full ride. Like, I think it still stands. Um, and so yeah, that was that. And then in terms of uh, my family, they supported me like all the way. My mom, especially like, cause my mom is beautiful and she used to model and she, she's just like an amazing supporter, you know? Um, and then in terms of like my friend groups and stuff, because I was made fun of for so long, once people were finding out that I did this show, I, it made me not want to have these fake friends. <laughs> So I just moved to New York and just kind of relocated and found a new base of friends. I just wanted to explore. I, I, I definitely encourage, just as a side note, for anyone who wants to like go to school, travel for school, or just go explore a different city, like go do it. Because even if you're in an already in a big city, like go explore something else. You're going to learn so much more about yourself and, and other cultures and other ways of living. If you um, spread your wings a little bit, I like, I always kind of advocate for that. So when you went to New York, like after the show, you had to keep going and pit and um, not pitching, um, auditioning, right, right. For like more, how does it, you go, yeah, it's, is it called an audition? Like when you go and, what do you do? <laughs> so you, you have to be signed by a modeling agency, okay? So this is what, this is what I do with my business. I show all, you know how your mind went like, well, how do you even get into that? How do you do that? This is what I show my, uh, my light keepers, my, my model students. Um, so you have to have a portfolio built, you in back in the day, you had to have a, a portfolio built and then you have to be signed to a modeling agency in order to even get 
to castings or else you're not going to find like the really big casting jobs. And so um, I actually had a hard time signing with an agency because so many of the agencies were like, this is how it works. When you sign with an agency, you either need to be an established working girl who has a portfolio full of print jobs and campaigns and stuff from actual magazines or be a completely new face. I was neither. I had been on everybody's TV set and also didn't have any modeling work. All my modeling work was done on this weird fake show. So a lot of the girls, we had a really tough time with finding representation um, cause the people just viewed us as reality people <laughs> like reality stars. And so some of us went on a lot of, a lot of girls just quit after, um, doing this show, but I, I yeah, I stayed, I stuck to it. I, you know, eventually got signed and have traveled. I've done, you know, fashion week shows in Paris, Milan, London. Can I ask how like that? process was compared to doing it on the show like when you go and like put yourself out there in front of like agents and stuff and probably the people that are telling you just to eat like a Caesar salad with no dressing for like breakfast lunch and dinner is it same like when you stand in front of them and try and get an agent or an agency as when you're being judged on the show or is it completely different that is also such a great question that no one's ever asked me the agents in real life, they're not going to give you much at all. On Top Model, they have to like give some kind of contest to why this is wrong or that's wrong. Agents, if they're looking at your portfolio to consider you for representation, your book is either, yes, we want you, or mm, no, we don't want you. That's how it'll be. They're not going to tell you, mm, you, should, you should try some more pictures like this. You should... And I think that the, that agent who did tell me to eat more Caesar salads, that was only because the model house that I was living in, the agent who had pulled that together, he was like an agent for this agency. So the owner is the one who came. He was trying to get me to get signed with them. And the owner was saying, you have to, you need to be slimmer. And so I was like a size, just to give you context, I was like a size four. And they wanted me to be a zero. I mean, that's a lot of weight to lose and a lot, two whole dress sizes to go down. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot. It, it, it is a lot. And and I mean, I'm tall as hell. I am 5'11". Yes, that, like you said, like that's what the fashion industry was like at the time. Kind of, I imagine it still is a little bit, but maybe it's a... It's a little bit more underground now because they can't express those views quite so openly. But I wonder if you place any blame at all with Tyra and how she handled, because at the end of the day, it was her show. And I, I, I do know that a lot of, I mean, she has received, especially in more recent years, she's received so much backlash about the toxicity of that show. And... Right. I guess from watching it, the impression the viewer got was that she was like, she took you all under her wing. You were like her little sisters, but she also like gave you tough love, but it was always with the best, uh, your best interests at heart. And I wonder if that is true or like felt true. And like, do yeah, do, do you think any of the responsibility lies with her for how you guys were treated and then, and then the the impact on 
you the contestants afterwards um well this is the only thing this is why i continue to give tyra the benefit of the doubt because it's like it's so easy for us to pull up clips from this time period and say look how horrible they're treating these models and blah 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 granted they probably there were definitely some destructive things that were said or you know editing or whatever but it's so much harder for us to look back to Vogue magazine, Elle magazine from 2004, or 2003, or even from 1995. Like the industry at that time was for that look. You get what I'm saying? And so there is one conversation I remember in particular that was not, was it on camera? I don't know if it was on camera, but I think that it was, it was just Tyra and myself and, she was telling me, you know, like, I have an issue too with that, like with eating, like not an issue with eating, but like, I like to eat too. And I have to be really careful with, you know, what I'm eating, blah, blah, blah. Cause this is the industry that we want to be in. Like, this is the industry that we're in. It's unfortunate that we can't just eat anything that we want our bodies, you know, change. And so that was, that was definitely a heart to heart, that one conversation. And also the clip that you played that went with that tweet of just her trying. I think that's just her trying to be like, for you to really make it in the fashion industry that I'm talking about for like Vogue and whatever, you you can't eat a burger with the bun on it. You're gonna have to have the bur burger with the lettuce. So that's why I was very receptive to those things because I studied those magazines. I was all about fashion and still about fashion. And I got it. I'm like, I know these girls are a size zero, you know? So I think she definitely tries to have like this super relatable, like big sister vibe. Um, but I also think that it, think it, I think it was genuine, but I also think, you know what I mean? It's not like the model, the entire modeling in industry was Tyra's industry. Yeah. Like Tyra does not own these designers and the runways and the, you know, she just kind of saw an opportunity to like make a TV show based off of what already existed. Yeah, it's like, don't hate the player, hate the game. Like it's already going. And she, I guess to an extent, and it's really perverse and like kind of sad, but if she wants you to succeed as models, her job is to help you succeed as models and that is how you succeeded as models so if it were just i think that if this were a real life just mentorship from tyra she would it would have been different but there are also like writers producers you know there's a whole production company so like they are going to throw in their things that mm. i ran into they're, they're gonna do whatever they can to make this show spicy and interesting you know what I mean? So I know that that is not all Tyra. She's not like this evil. Now, did she have control over some of these things? Did she have say? Maybe she did, you know, but she wasn't funding the entire thing. This was not a one woman show, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's true. Cause I guess I, and I think that to me is a thing that feels particularly sinister is like, yes, you can chalk how she spoke to you. Like for example, saying, you know, you can't eat a burger with a bun. You can chalk that up to her trying to prepare you for an industry that where well, you wouldn't be able to eat 
the bur- the burger with the bun, which is sad, by the way, because a burger without the bun is is really sad. But a burger without the bun is literally the stupidest thing in the whole world. I don't understand. What are you a steak? Are you bolognese? It just doesn't make it's any sad. sense. But I guess the the sin- the sinister thing is how it was it was played out on the show and how you were kind of ridiculed for being fat when you were when you were such a thin person and the, and how like you were always shown eating I remember that distinctly like they didn't show other people eating but they showed you eating because it was your storyline that you were the one like putting on like piling on weight and at the end of the day like you said it was two to three pounds which is which I'm not surprised because I couldn't see with the like naked eye I couldn't see weight that you would put on so I'm not surprised by that but I'm also so shocked that that was made such a big deal of like two to three pounds you know so but yeah like you said like who knows how much say Tyra had in all that stuff and that was definitely something like watching that back that's what caused me to to really feel so insecure about eating in public was that everyone it was so gullible to editing like Everyone, everyone still is. Even if people know things are scripted or whatever the case may be, people at that time especially were so gullible to everything they saw. And I was able to see, they edited me once eating a bagel, the same bagel, like three times in a car ride, like as if I just had like three bagels. Oh my gosh. Um, It's just, they really were, the editing was really crazy. It's slightly gaslighting, like you and the audience. It's kind of like, it's kind of true. And then we're just gonna kind of like make it our truth. But then it kind of fucks with your head when you get home. Cause it's like, but did I, like how have they spun that one thing out for so long? Or like, which is very like reality TV and it, it, not even modeling industry, but reality TV at this time was just yeah, like- Oh, it's crazy because like, I'm sure that there is probably another girl who also gained weight or lost weight on the show. You know what I mean? But once they make something like your narrative or they're giving you a reason. Also, you have to understand this. America's Next Top Model is America's Next Top Model. So I actually went into the show thinking that I was going to be the winner. I was going to I thought I was going to be the first black girl to win. And uh, we were filming while season three, cycle three, was airing. So I had no idea that right. Eva had won the third cycle. So the whole time I'm in the show, I'm like, I'm going to be the first black girl to win. I'm going to be the first black girl to win. Later on, right, I kind of realized this show is very political. They want, if you line up, I still haven't done this, but I know, I already know. <laughs> but if you line up every single winner, it is the most diverse team of women that you've ever seen. Like they wanted to satisfy every viewer. So they third season, they have the black girl. Then the fourth season, they have the mixed girl. Then they have the petite girl. Then they have your redhead. They have your plus size girl. You know, it is literally lined up for, so there's going to be a certain process of elimination Mm. to make that winner win. Mm. Yeah, they're telling a story. To satisfy America, um, you'll see that everyone has a a storyline. I feel like any girl has the potential to win that show if they want you to win the show. There's There's no team of, it's not American Idol. There's no one calling in and voting. There's like, it's up to production wins you know 
Um, and I'm not trying, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, um, <laughs> I'm not trying to say like, oh, well I didn't win because you know, Hey, like it is what it is. I'm super happy with, you know, how the show, um, turned out for myself, but you just never know. That's the reason why they have these storylines and why, you know, it yeah. runs the way it runs. And I think this happens with reality TV still now. I don't know if you ever watched Love Island. It's yeah. like huge yeah um but i think like this is something that we've spoken to a few love islands about on the show and it's like when you take your own expectations of what this show means for your life into the experience like you have something that your dream and you're going to work your best and you're going to be yourself and that's all you can give right but you have a certain expectation but then as long as there are producers involved you can be kind of puppeted in a really like savage way so that you can live one experience no one experience like that's exactly what happened but then to, to the rest of the world that's not what we've seen yeah for sure um when we went to um south africa um i still get random people like hating commenting about this episode but they asked us who wanted to open Nelson Mandela's jail cell. And the, the guy giving us the tour gave the key to Naima. And we got inside and the guy's telling us about Nelson, Nelson Mandela's story. And it's like heart wrenching and I'm crying and like just in this fully immersive experience. And when they edit it back, it's like, oh, Kenya's upset because she didn't have the key and she didn't open the, the jail cell. Oh like, gosh. what? Oh, God. Like, that wasn't the situation at all. I was crying because I'm standing in Nelson Mandela's jail cell with his best friend telling me about him, the experience, you know? And so it's just like yeah. one of those things where it's like, okay. Really? Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's That's wild. Brutal. God, I'd find that so maddening. I'd be like, I want to go back on TV and tell them all, like, that's not what happened. This isn't what happened. <laughs> so with the work that you do now, like, you support young models coming up and, like, helping them sign to agencies and, like, make it, basically. Can I ask, like, how this works compared to when you were doing it? I don't know if you're still going out, like, do you still work as a model? Like, do you still go out and get yourself, like, work? Or are you just focusing on other yeah, people? Yeah, so um, I still I still do modeling jobs, um, like, here and there. But I am so focused on um, my business. It's It's so fulfilling for me to show aspiring models all of the things. So I've been modeling for 17 years now. That's how long it's been since the show, you guys. 17 years. Wow. And there was no roadmap for me. Even after doing America's Next Top Model, there was no roadmap. There was no one there to hold my hand to say, this is what you have to do now to like have an actual modeling career. No one was there to help me. So... Um, in 2017, I started my business um, and I just figured I'm going to help out any aspiring model who wants to get started and does not know where to start because most girls don't know where to start. They don't understand their market. They don't understand, do I qualify for high fashion or do I do commercial print? Or I've been told I've been pretty my whole life and I don't know, I don't know how to get started. Or I know that I'm a little bit shorter. I know that I'm shorter than 5'9". 
can I do modeling? And it's like, yes, absolutely. You can. There's so many myths about uh, the industry. So I just decided to, you know, put together a really awesome one-on-one post coaching program where I show you like every single thing. And the industry has definitely changed a bit um, in terms of how you submit your photos. Like a lot of girls think they think you need to have a full portfolio in order to be considered. Um, but it's not true. Like all you need is digitals, but they need to be really, really good digitals. And so, yeah, the course just kind of talks about all of that stuff. And if anyone is interested, you can just send me a DM on Instagram, right? Uh, Kenya.hill and I'll do a free consultation. So I actually do like a phone consultation with you for like 20 to 30 minutes, see what your goals are, and then tell you about the course. But it's really fun. I'm able to really help girls know how to pose. Everyone doesn't know how to I pose. I love that. Imagine if I like DM'd you after this. I was like, can I have a consultation? <laughs> I've been thinking. I've seen that, but, oh, maybe we should go. <laughs> really, you know, it, and I do my course for people who are not just trying to get into modeling. People who just want to like know how to take really good pictures or if they have a business or if they're a music artist. Because the, the difference between what I'm doing and Top Model is that Top Model just said, we are going to just throw 15 hopefuls in a room and see who turns out to be the best they didn't teach us anything they never taught us how to pose they never taught us how to have facial expressions they never taught us anything we had like little challenges or whatnot um but with with my course i'm actually teaching you head to toe what to do with your shoulders your arms your hands your legs Alex, we should go. <laughs> oh my God, we should say go. <laughs> Can I just ask as well, like from like an emotional standpoint, I guess it's really nice to have um, like support now or to be able to offer support to young people because I I think them like obviously with absolutely zero experience, um, I would guess that it's quite easy for people to be taken advantage of in the modeling industry. Like it's a lot of, like in the same way that it is in Hollywood, probably it's like a lot of young, beautiful women who can probably be taken advantage of like quite easily by like old dudes. Um, so I, I, I feel like I, I get the impression like with you talking about the course that you do now that it that modeling in general and like the fact that your course exists maybe means that the, the modeling industry is changing in terms of like a bit more like solidarity and support for younger models. Is that would that be a fair guess? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I do know that there are not that many people that do what I do, actually. But I know that there are so many aspiring models. There are so many girls who want to make a career out of taking photos and just like having this form of self-expression, you know? I think it's really important to at least... Give it your best shot because if you have a dream of becoming a model and you don't try to see if it happens, like you will always have that dream. Like that doesn't ever go away. And this turns into, oh man, like now imagine, imagine 10 or 15 years from now and that is still a dream, but now you're 10 or 15 years older um, and the industry may not be as uh, welcoming, you know? And then you're just like sitting here with like this dream that's deferred, you know? But I, there's, I, I wish I could have taken my own course because I, for years, was like confused. Like, how did I do America's Next Top Model? But 
I'm not able to just quickly get signed. How is Tyra not just, Yeah, it was, it was a struggle for sure. So I want to make it less hard for aspiring models and to be really confident. Cause it's hard. You, you don't want to go into a casting full of beautiful women and leave feeling like, Oh, everyone was so beautiful. You know, you can't take it personal. You can't take it personal. You just have to know, okay, this brand is looking for a very specific look and you probably just are not that look for what they were looking for that day. You know what I mean? Um, but you've got to have a, a thick skin and also just in general. That's why I love you guys' accounts. Like, Oh, thank you. I, you know, I still, despite the fact that we have quite thick skins on the internet, Alex, I think we would be absolutely yes. fucking devastated to receive any feedback <laughs> in any of these complex situations. Yeah, yeah. L- look, yeah, no, 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 definitely not. I don't think I could hack it as a model. Uh, like the... I honestly, I've got, like, I always think about this. I'm like, if I die and go to hell, what will hell be? And I think hell will be me at five foot six, looking exactly as I do right this second, walking into the (laughs) audition that you walked into when everybody was five foot nine and stunning in LA. And I've got to go in right now, like, exactly as I am in this second. And I have to be like, uh, I honestly, I'm sweating thinking about it. I would perish. I would just die arrested. <laughs> say that that would be your hell is so hilarious. I'm going to steal that. That is so funny. I honestly, I, I think it's about as brave a thing as I always thought this about like modeling's one thing, but trying to be a model is the only thing that's on par with that in my opinion is trying to be a comedian because that's super risky like if you're not funny but like it's the same with like modeling it's like you've got to back yourself yeah but you know what what i love like first of all you have like these gorgeous eyes and i've been looking at your eyebrows this entire time thank you for sure yeah your skin looks radiant okay so let's just get that out of the way stop i'll die stop i can tell by where the light is reflecting off of your forehead that you have really great skin like Please, let's not even, okay? Let's not even go there. <laughs> oh my God, I can see why people sign up to your course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming. No. But you know, because I really do mentor girls because I don't know how old you two ladies are, but you don't have to say, but I'm 36, right? And unfortunately, as women, we get more comfortable with ourselves as we get older. And that's why I love getting older because I feel way, you couldn't pay me to be 21 years old again. You couldn't pay me enough money in the world, but I feel so much more comfortable in who I am. And it's like, gosh, if I felt this level of comfort with myself, I would have made completely different decisions when I was in my twenties with who I date, with who I hang out with, with my productivity levels, you know, like all of that stuff. And it's so, it makes such a big difference in your life when you just like love who you are, when you love, even if you don't, if you're not in a place where you love who you are right now, if you have the mindset that, you know what, I may not love every part of myself right now, but I am growing. I'm getting better. I'm getting better every day. I'm doing better than I did yesterday. Um, I'm growing. I'm learning how to love myself. Even if you can just get into that soft space with yourself, being gentle with yourself, 
it, you just feel in the way you engage with people, the way you just interact with the whole world is so, it's so different when you, ha- when you are just like cozy. Totally. Yeah. And you, I feel like you radiate that. Really? That's so sweet. You, yeah. You feel like it's talking to you. You feel like a woman who is very comfortable and confident in her own skin, which is really cool to see. Really nice. I appreciate that. And I, <laughs> it took, it took, it, it's, I'm still working on that. And like I, I said before, I'm a Virgo. Okay. And if anybody knows Virgos, like we are very hard on ourselves and we are like perfectionists. And the, one of the main things that has helped me get to a place of comfort, just daily, just comfort with myself is is meditation and positive affirmations every single morning i literally will just pop on youtube and listen to some positive affirmations um and there's an actual science behind them you know i don't see how people don't do them every day they say if you listen to them for like 21 days straight those things that you're listening to actually become real beliefs in your subconscious mind so if you can just program your your mind to be like, I'm amazing, when you can program your mind, especially if it's harder for you to naturally do that. You know what I mean? I love that. I might listen love to that. some. Alex is the worst kind of Virgo because she doesn't believe in star <laughs> signs, which I feel like is quite Virgo-y anyway. So she's super cynical, apart from the fact she checks every single Virgo box <laughs> in the whole wide world. Well, look, Kenya, thank you so, so much for coming on to speak to us. This has been such a cool conversation. And thank you for being so vulnerable with us as well. And so honest and like opening up about, you know, everything that you kind of went through with the show and everything else. It's, yeah, it's just super interesting to hear. And if you ever come to London, like hit us up, <laughs> come see us. Oh, 100%. Oh, I can't wait. I'm coming. I'm coming. Thank you so much. You guys have really like racked my little brain. You've asked me questions that I never been asked. So impressed by that. I love that. Should I Delete That is part of the ACAST Creator Network.